It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horror For You podcast. It is Tuesday, November 24th of 2020. This is episode number 86, talking about host, a Shutter exclusive from 2020, director Rob Savage. We're broadcasting from our All I Want to Do is Zoom Zoom and Boom Boom to Shake Your Rump Studios from Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. Uh, that's a blast from the past. Andy Gilly here, too. I haven't heard that song in a I did, many decades. I, I was trying to figure out how do I how do I incorporate Zoom that's into a good one. the intro. That's a good one. So this whole movie was filmed in Zoom. It um, was. So we've got a Thanksgiving coming up, man. You got big plans? No, actually, <laughs> I got in a fight with my family a few years ago, and I just. I just only me and my wife uh, have Thanksgiving together. So, oh, another one of those I'm things. Holding that grudge, so you know, <laughs> we don't want to air out dirty laundry. Yeah, on no, the I don't want to do that. We don't have to talk about it. But uh, my, uh, yeah, I, I, I we just have uh, Thanksgiving together, my wife and I. So mm, good for you guys. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that uh, that that wonderful sound system you have downstairs with the uh, the light bar and watch some some awesome movies. Maybe we'll have to do that. I'll to catch up on some more movies too there you go horror movie news i guess you have a lot over the past couple of days we did yeah, this five since, days ago since friday there's a lot a lot of things actually happening ari aster is in talks with joaquin phoenix to star in his next film Bo is afraid based on the 2011 short film simply entitled Bo, is a story of a man who learns that his mother died under mysterious circumstances that's uh, that's going to be Ari Aster's next movie. That's going to be Ari Aster's next movie. It's a full length feature called "Bo Is Afraid," based, I guess, on his short film from 2011. Interesting. And and Joaquin Phoenix is a good pick. Uh huh. Yeah, did you watch Joker? Uh, I did not watch Joker. No, I still haven't seen that yet. That so movie is so it. good. It is so worth Everybody the hype. Says. Yep. And he he absolutely deserved the Oscar for that movie. Yeah. He did so well in that. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Um, a lot of people are not excited about this film because they don't like Ari Aster's films. I don't know who these people are. Apparently, <laughs> he's very pol- polarizing. I, I've loved everything that he's made. I don't. I don't know who these people are. Everything's been that he's released a gem. Hereditary, uh, Midsummer. Are you serious? That's my opinion on it. But uh, yeah, I guess he's got some detractors, man. I don't know who those people are, but uh, I really dumb. like his films a lot. I'm excited about this one as well. Yeah. Um, a Final Destination sequel is still in the works, according to iHeart. A fan apparently tweeted in anger about the fact that another sequel may never see the light of day. The tweet was answered by the series creator Jeffrey Reddick, who said that the COVID pandemic is only is the only thing preventing a sequel. And once things are back to normal, production will resume on the uh, developing sequel. See, I kind of—I've always got a little enjoyment out of all of them. Oh, I, I like the—I I love the uh, the series because they get really creative with the kills. I mean, they, they really do. They got some great gore in them, good effects. Um, Final Destination Two is uh, one of my favorites with the car crash in the beginning of it. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I love that one. Um, and I just—it just there's the theme of it where death—you uh, can't cheat death. I, I really kind of like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like in the Final Destination se- series, so I, I'm excited about the sequel as well. Yeah, I'm, I, I'll check it out for sure. Now, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the most recent ones, I don't think. But uh, so I'm not sure if it's if it's held up 
could be just the. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, right. it's like watching any Friday the Thirteenth sequel or any uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sequel. You know what you're going in for. There's a really big uh, event at the beginning and then several deaths that occur later. Yeah, right? exactly. Like like the last one had to do with NASCAR or something like that. Okay. And it was actually kind of cool. Yeah, I'll ch- I'd check it out. You know, I should catch up on the rest of them because I did really enjoy the first two, um, probably the first three of them at least. Uh, also from I- I horror a few... Um, what does this say? Um, oh, I'm sorry. I... I <laughs> My notes are uh, not not well written here. Also from iHorror, a few stills appeared on Twitter from the new Resident Evil movie. The star's helicopter in the entrance to the Spencer Mansion appeared to be depicted in the stills posted on the Residents of Evil Twitter page. Mm -hmm. You can see those on ROE Network, uh, at ROE Network on Twitter. Uh, new sequel, as we reported, is going to follow the story of the first two video games more closely. Yeah, I so. did see those pictures. It's mm-hmm. got me excited just because it's just it follows to the story of. And we talked about a little bit about, you know, how fun those games were, like the yeah. jump scares, like the first time I ever got jump scared by a video game was Resident Evil 2. I didn't play the first mm-hmm. one first. I played the second one. Yep, and uh, you know the fact that they had the Raccoon City and they're following Leon and all the you know the big names that you knew from the video game is actually exciting. Yeah, for me it was the the first time I got jump scared in a video game was the dogs jumping through the window in the first first one. one yeah. So yeah, on uh, I guess I was PS one actually, so it was probably nineteen ninety four. You know what else I remember about Resident Evil one? What was that? I remember I got stuck in the game and I called a nine hundred number to get a clue. <laughs> about how to how to take care of the problem I had in the game because there was no YouTube you could just look it up you know that's true <laughs> Didn't they have like the? Didn't they have like the, the, game the game magazines or it was like a walkthrough? Yeah, or they did like have that game magazine, but you know, I I couldn't find. I just couldn't find the information I need. I had to call a nine hundred number <laughs> to get the clue I needed to. Uh, it was to open the book in Resident Evil. I'm sure yeah. that you know. Listen here, guys. Like, I'm stuck in this game. I need yeah. your help. What do I need to do? <laughs> Well, this is going to be four ninety nine for the first five minutes and ninety nine cents every minute it after cost that. Me six bucks to to get that clue. It was worth it at the time. <laughs> All right, this is from DreadCentral.com. Channing Tatum. I really like Channing Tatum, by the way. Uh, aside from being hot, he's uh, also a great comedic actor. Uh, he's joining his uh, Twenty One Jump Street directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, for a Universal monster movie. Which one? Well, uh, new movies described as a bold genre reinvention of one of the studio's most beloved characters from the Monsters universe and a modern day tongue in cheek thriller inspired by Universal's classic monster legacy. I mean, uh, so Dracula, obviously, Invisible Man, Wolfman, those are taken. And I want to say Creature from the Lat Black. Maybe Phantom of the Opera and Jekyll and Hyde or Frankenstein is left, I guess. Yeah, they haven't done a Frankenstein. No. You know what? So. I, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it's going to be a Wolfman movie. Oh, Wolfman's already taken. That's all right, but yeah. I think that's what it's going to be. They're going to do that. You're yeah. gonna, they're going to remake that. Yeah, Wolfman, I forget who's doing that right now, but they're, that's in production. Oh, that one's already pre-production. Oh, <laughs> that's in okay. production right now. All right, so. I'll say Jekyll and Hyde then. And that was kind of my thought, too. I, I think that uh, I thought Jekyll and Hyde might be a good... Uh, good um, candidate for this as well uh, horror comedy very hard to pull off uh, this team gives me some faith I love the 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street movies those were great those, those, were, those hilarious. are hilarious really I, I loved them and I, and I like I said I really like Channing Tatum so <laughs> be interesting to see that 
Um, and that's that's what's going on since Friday. Oh boy, that, that was a lot, dude. I, it kind of is a lot in the last couple of days. What a way to like segue into into Thanksgiving. Uh, horror movie trivia. This film is beloved by critics and audiences alike. Now the critics gave this a perfect score of 100%. What did the audience give this movie host? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I knew the uh, it had a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah, for, from the audience. From, or from, from, from the, the critics. critics. Right. Um, 85? Really close. Really? 75%. Really? Hmm. Yeah, with okay. uh, 439 user ratings. Wow. All right. Still loved. <laughs> it, it is a, a it is a love movie. The main character of this movie wears a sweatshirt with the name of a Central Minnesota's college on it. <laughs> Happens to be my father in law's alma mater. I think he got his master's here. Uh, what is that university? Duluth. Be Haley, huh? Be Haley's shirt in this movie. Oh, what is Duluth. It? It's Winona State. Winona. Okay. Winona State. Winona State. I couldn't figure out if it was a Winona State shirt or a Winona Judge shirt. So, uh, but uh, I do work in country music. Haley Bishop herself actually went to college. Uh, you're probably familiar with San Diego State. Yeah, that's my and, alma mater. Yeah, the I, home of the Aztecs, buddy. That's the Aztecs. You got it. And I couldn't find a connection between Rob Savage and Winona State, so I'm not sure what. Uh, if there was just a Winona State shirt laying around, <laughs> that's what they had her wear. If she was supposed to be in Minnesota for some reason, yeah. One of the production people had it sitting in their closet. Just give it to her. She Could looks be. like a college kid. Looked like a really brand new shirt for a college person. But. It did. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Andy's chainsaw plot. A séance conducted over Zoom during the COVID lockdown makes Zoom meetings even more awful when the participants summon a malevolent presence. Exactly right. This is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Host, a Shutter exclusive from 2020 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, it's not going to take you very long. It's 57 minutes long. Pause the podcast. Go watch this movie. Come back to the uh, podcast to find out what we have to say about it. Andy, initial thoughts of Host. Okay, so when I, when I watched Host, I, I kind of got the feeling that I'd seen this movie before. I, I saw elements of very good found footage and uh, I guess what we call tech horror movies. You know, yes. these uh, movies like Unfriended Dark Web and Unfriended that uh, where they all happen in, via, you know, a chat program or whatever. I guess they call that tech horror. And also movies like Paranormal Activity um, and Wreck, actually, I saw in there. But uh, there really wasn't anything new here. I think the main thing that was unique was this, uh, you know, the movie is conducted in Zoom, which is the ubiquitous video conference software most of us are all too familiar with these days. Did that really really lend anything to it? I don't know. Um, I was certainly familiar with the interface and stuff. As soon as it came up, I was like, oh, no, it's a Zoom meeting, you know. Uh, I did like that the entire movie was contained within the time of a free count Zoom call. I thought that was clever. Um, Very clever. That being said, although you know, I didn't really find anything uh, here original. What I what I what was there was done well. Uh, I think it really did take some of the good elements of those movies and combine them into a competently uh, good horror movie. Um, it it all combines that into a film that's a little longer than you know an average TV episode. And so I like that the director was able to tell his story in in a concise manner without you know the fluff. And I wasn't impressed with the originality, but I, I wasn't bored or watching the clock while I was watching this movie either. And that's fair. I mean, that's completely fair. That criticism makes a lot of sense to me. But I'll tell you, honestly, I just 
I loved it. I mean, I love that the fact that there was no fluff in this. Okay. You know, the character development was absolutely perfect in this. You didn't need to know every single person, but you knew these people knew each other for a long time or it felt that way. And they're actors. You know, this is this is the only way they could really film a movie without production being stopped. I, I could see that. I, I I agree with that. It did seem like the, this was an actual group of friends. You're right. It felt that way. No, it did. And it's I'll give you, you know that. some of the bickering that they had and some of the some of the, the the conflict that they had with each other. You know, just kind of fit really well. Well, you know, I, I I'm not really trying to focus on you saying fluff, but that's an excellent point because there was none of that in this. No, there's no room for it. It's a very well edited movie for the time uh, that it's in, you know, and and I think, you know, a lot of movies maybe have this much story to tell and they just put in fluff to, to get it, to puff it up to 90 minutes because that's what you need for a major motion picture. That's, that's exactly right. That's, I, I think that's what a lot of, you know, you're trying to be innovative. Are they reinventing the wheel with found footage or, or what you call tech horror? No, not at all. Originality. Okay. But I mean, talk about like effective jump scares. Dude, there were at least four in this movie. The, the, the you know, the it's a movie is a lot of jump scares. Yeah, and, and they are very well done. This but that's guy, the only thing you need in this movie. No, and and I agree. I I think you know the jump scare gets kind of derided a lot of times as uh, you know cheap horror or whatever. Jump scares are a legitimate form of horror, and Rob Savage obviously knows how to set one up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some of the most memorable horror mo- moments that I, I, I can think of are from jump scares. You know, you have the original grudge that scene that, which I think was kind of um, homaged in this movie uh, where they, where they go up in the attic and spin around 360. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So that is a super memorable jump scare. Uh, the sloth scene in seven uh, exorcist three at the nurse's station uh, that was, we just talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. These are great scenes in horror, and I think the jump scares, you know, uh, often criticized or whatever, you know, and it, it a lot some sometimes a criticism of horror movies is oh this is just a bunch of jump scares, but um, that's because I think they're often done poorly, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, and I think. Uh, it's great, really great direction when you know a jump scare is coming, like the clock at the end here. I know that something is going to come and it's counting down and it still scares you. And that was a, the, the final jump scare in this movie was great. And, and I saw it coming a mile away. It still scared me. My wife screamed during that scene. I mean, it, really. And, and That's a good scare. I mean, it is. you're it absolutely was. right. That is a great scare. Um, I love the fact that you know you talk about the very end of it that the credits were all done as contacts in yes. in the zoom meeting <laughs> that that was that How, was clever i mean that was th- this thing just fit really well together the problem i have with this movie is you know some of the shots of you know picking up your laptop and and oh hey you need to come with me you know because you're trying to make an excuse of why you're getting to this jump scare or why you're getting to this sound that's happening in so i got to pick up my laptop so every else can see what's going on that's the problem that i had with it right it it, it had it's it suffers from whatever uh, a lot of found footage and i don't know if maybe if you call this this isn't this is more the tech horror genre it but is 
It's got the same kind of feeling. It's of got it, the same kind of feeling as a found footage movie, and yeah, that that's that's a problem in found footage in this kind of movie is that why would they be recording this? Why would you Why would you hold your laptop like that? Well, and I, I get <laughs> our main character Haley that. is is you know says that she's hearing weird things, so she's trying to get everybody on. Trying to show I mean, I mean, the yeah. explanation of the plot is. You know, I'm hearing weird things, so I'm gonna get uh, this other gal. Um, what's her name? Um, I got it pulled up here. Celine, uh, Ceylon. No, oh, the the medium, the, the medium. Yeah. So Ceylon, Ceylon uh, gets yeah. her Ceylon. set up so they can all do a seance to find right. out what's going on. Right. And that's the explanation of the plot. It's like, okay, this is why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, recording a Zoom call, whatever. Um, again, I think you can suspend disbelief in most of found footage or tech horror movies right. that you watch. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing doesn't really bother me that much. But this movie definitely suffers from it. It's And when the girl gets out the selfie stick. <laughs> I thought it was great, though. I mean, I mean, I thought, there really was, that? I thought it was interesting the way they, they switch from laptop to a cell phone, the way everything's all interconnected. Hmm, that's the way things are. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely right. And I thought that was great. Um, the selfie stick was great just because, you know, she's really scared and flipping mm-hmm. around. And then you see these legs hang, dangling down for a half that second. That was a great jump scare, too. Yeah, I, that's I what I was saying. Too, yeah. Like, when she went up to the to the attic, and she she didn't see it, mm-hmm. but her friend said, oh, hold on, hold on, you know, you missed something. Yeah, and I don't even, I don't even know if it was a jump scare necessarily. It was, it was a creepy moment, you know, that where... It was, it was and a obviously, moment where you, oh. Yeah, and she, yeah, it was, she missed it. You know, there's these legs hanging down. Great practical effects in this, too. I, I did like oh, the practical effects. Um, and, and that was one of them. That was a great practical effect, those legs hanging down. I think there was some really good um, makeup in it. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene in the movie is when that one girl starts just chatting all that gibberish. And, and then you see that she's smashing her head into the keyboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you see her chatting this gibberish. And it's like, what? what is she chatting there? What, why is she chatting all that garbage, all that garbled garbage? And then you see her, like, come through the uh, Zoom, you know, Zoom background and smash her head into the keyboard. Yeah, that was Caroline. Yeah, um, Caroline. Yeah, so, so well, I, I kind of like the way they set her up because she has this... Somehow she she set like a screensaver of her walking into her room, checking out her phone yeah. and putting stuff away in, in her dresser, which it's I thought back, was re- it's really a background or a background. Yeah. There you uh-huh. go. And you can't see her. But then, like, they have these glitches. If you see her like it's, it's really quick, like her yes. face getting smashed into the keyboard. Right. And then mm-hmm. you actually see it. And she's like, help me. <laughs> right. I thought that was my favorite scene in the movie, actually. And I thought that was that was actually kind of original. That was the one thing I found kind of original and interest and good, like really well done. That was original. It's my definitely my favorite scene in the movie. When well, I, I, I really loved the way they they manipulated Haley in this. Yeah. They kept pulling her back in her chair. You know, and this this is like obviously if you're looking close enough, you're going to see the strings of her getting pulled. Ah, but, but you're not really paying attention to that. But she all of a sudden like moves back like like some entity is pushing her okay. back. So I didn't, I didn't really see any uh, strings or anything. Well, I, th- I, think I thought that looked, looked very paranormal activity ish. But that that was great. It was effective because it was like like within 56 minutes, it's, it's this slow burn of mm-hmm. every every single found footage tech horror movie is a slow burn. 
Mm-hmm. It, it progressively gets more aggressive, this poltergeist or, or this demonic thing that they're dealing with. Right. That's exact. I, I, again, they're not reinventing the wheel. It's the no, same exact thing. it's just like paranormal thing. activity. It starts it's, with like a it's, couple it's of things. A trope. It's a trope now. Sure it is. Yeah. And and, and I, I don't know. Um, I didn't I didn't see anything like and if I see strings and whatever I mean I know this person isn't actually getting yanked back by an invisible person but uh, so I didn't notice that part of it um, I actually did think the practical effects were done really well yeah um, but when I saw that scene I was like ah you know that that's paranormal activity that comes from paranormal activity and I don't know is that a problem or isn't it you know I, I think well, my problem, my problem with the movie is that I feel like by liking this movie, we're we're playing up to all the things we bitch about in horror. You know, yeah. there's no new ideas here. This is a rehash of a bunch of other movies that came before. We co- we complain about that all the time yeah. as horror fans. You know, that they're not being original ideas and seeing the 20th remake of a concept we first saw decades ago. I mean. If we're going to like this movie, I think maybe we should just acknowledge as horror fans that we don't really deserve better than that. I don't know. You know what I mean? A trope is called a trope for a certain reason, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like watching any slasher movie. Oh, yeah, I've seen that in Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah, I've seen that in Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, I've seen that in... Right. um, um, The Exorcist. So, in this movie... You know, I, I don't all those. Go ahead. But I don't have a problem with that. I mean, again, it's I, I think I think if like like if I were to pick my favorite subgenre of movie, it's got to be a slasher film. Right. Yeah. And then my second favorite would have to be found footage because sure. like the movies that I, I enjoy, I really enjoy. Yeah, it's I, not I just mm-hmm. it's not just. Oh gosh, another you know, it, like I feel about zombie movies. Yeah, you know, it's like oh my gosh, another zombie movie. Yeah, I mean, the one we reviewed last week was or on Friday was fantastic. It was so, like a different take on it. But you're not <laughs> unless you come up unless you're like a um, uh, a Robert Eggers right mm-hmm. with the Lighthouse or or you're like an Ari Aster with a Midsummer. Right, you're not going to create a new subgenre of movies. I mean, you leave that to a guy like Jordan Peele. You know, Jordan Peele to me can take can take his like create his own trope of a social commentary on, you know, whatever and and put his spin on it and make it frightening. Um, you know, it's like any other director. I think this this uh, Rob, Rob Savage guy did such a brilliant thing with such a little budget with actors. You don't even know who the hell they are. And they did so well. They, like you said, you felt you felt so uh, you felt they were friends. You know, you have this American gal that's uh, I believe they're in Great Britain. It seems like a bunch of the people are supposed to be in Britain. And then yeah, and they're all right. but but. They, you know their neighbors or they live in close proximity to each other because Gemma, you know, she's like, hey, I'm on the phone. She's going next door. Yeah, obviously, the, like, even Haley must be in the UK because uh, that other girl. Um, yeah, Gemma, like, Gemma at the beginning of the, like, when this run starts, to- she sends out the, the invite to Gemma and she, she, uh, um, you know, she accepts she accepts the call and, and you know, she's like, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm, right. I'm I'm waiting for the call. So that's when the whole Zoom call starts. Right. And at the end, um, 
the other girl like runs out with her mask on and actually goes to Haley's house. Right. So yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, obviously they must all be in somewhat the same vicinity. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And maybe it's London or something like that that had a pretty. Uh, I think they had a pretty strict lockdown because it seems like they're under some pretty strict rules as far as that goes. They were, uh, you know, and the fact that they sh- they wore a mask. See, and that's what I appreciate about it. Appreciate about it even more is that. Before she goes outside, she she puts on a mask. Well, it's what we're going through right now. Yes, I mean, I, I mean, just if I felt a connection to that. It's definitely from its time. You know, it's definitely a a look at 2020 here. I mean, this is how we lived, and being on Zoom, it's just it. When we see this in 10 years, we're gonna we're gonna remember what it was like back. At, and I'm so. glad you brought that up. I really am because you said at the beginning of this, you know, you're not reinventing anything. You're bringing, you know, you're bringing the same ideas that I saw. A decade ago with, mm-hmm. with Paranormal Activity or, or th- almost 30 years ago with uh, uh, Blair Witch Project, right? Mm-hmm. But we're always going to remember this movie as, you know, this is the way we did it back then. And this guy, like, took took a story. And what I read, it was actually um, a prank that he pulled, the director pulled on his friends, and it, it really affected them, like, frightened, scared the hell out of them. So he's like, you know what? We could do a movie like that. I, I've, I heard the same thing, yeah. That, and that's great. I mean, I mean, to me, it's... God, I... And oh, spoiler, we already did it. This is not a classic by any means. But but I think, I think this movie is going to have a place in history for us. Um, even if it's just remembered as, you know, this was the movie that kind of... This is the way we did it until the pandemic was over. I mean, and that's the way I feel about it. And I've watched it like I watched it this morning, actually, for a second time so I could take some notes. Yeah. Um, it just it felt it hit me right. Um, you know what we're going through right now. You know, these friends are just trying to, you know, liven each other up. And the interaction between the friends were like like was so good. The dialogue was good and, and their friendship felt natural. Um, you said your favorite part was when she was banging her head against mm-hmm. the, or getting her head banged against. Mine was that um, Alan guy. Okay. Like, like he, cause he, he was part of the seance, and I guess his wife. That was his wife. Must be yeah. Like, like whispering into the his ear. Jokester kind, guy. Yeah, he yeah. was kind of. He he was just kind of. You know, well, he was obviously not taking it seriously, and and <laughs> yeah, he just he that, checked out. I I did like that. That's a trope too. Obviously, you know, you're drinking and stuff, yeah. and you. <laughs> You know, but that's, not, that, that's fun. But I like that part of it. I, I did like that the people who, you know, didn't take this seriously kind of allowed it to come in. But, and that's that's what I thought was great about the script is that as people were leaving or somebody died in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else was coming in. There was another kind of interaction. So I, I thought everything lined up perfectly. I mean, the continuity of this was really, really good. Um, you know, when Alan came back in, it was dark. It seemed like he was in Southern California or some sort of, uh, you know, different time zone because it was light where he was or they they were outside by a pool. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. He 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 must have been in a different area, and I, he he had said that he was living with his. I don't know if that was his wife or his in laws. Basically, is who he was living with. It was okay. His wife's parents. Yeah, he, maybe it wasn't something. I don't know, but he was in Southern California. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it was absolutely. You're right because they commented on that being you know that he was lucky or whatever to be staying there, and you know obviously it seemed like he was in a nicer place climate wise than than they were. Yeah, by a pool and everything like that. Uh-huh. So when he comes back in, um, you know there was this really cool scene of the lights going out. And he's running around, 
and you know the the demon thing pops up, and that looked really good because it, it I, mean, I mean you saw saw only glimpses of it, like the one you saw at the very end, you know, for that final jump scare mm-hmm. one before the the that last second you saw it and it was like whoa, you saw that in here. Um, so that this is part of what I'm saying as far as the practical effects, that the demon effects in there that that was a great effect. Yeah, and I, I really did like it. It was it was scary and he, it was well done. Well, and the whole the, like that whole sequence was fantastic to me because he sees his wife get levitated mm-hmm. choked and oh, then dropped right. into the pool yep. yeah yeah <laughs> and that was great and then like like his the way they they made the flashlight explode because he's got his phone or something like that and using a flashlight and the, the flashlight explodes so you see the sparks from it that's right and then he pulls out his lighter and then there you know this music box that he was playing at the beginning of the movie that he got from his brother he said oh i used to scare the hell out of me um it's it's on the ground playing by itself Right. And then he gets knocked over, and he's laying there, is and he's lights on fire. Did you see the that, way it engulfed that, him? Yeah, it, that was a really great effect too. I, I really did like how it how it how the fire spread on him. Yeah, it was, it was really it started well done. from his legs and then yeah. like moved up to his face and it then it cut out. his face. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an impressive effect. I, I I did that was that was definitely impactful. Yeah, and the way he screamed too, and then mm-hmm. like his video cut out, but it like stayed on that pause of like some of the flames coming up. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was that was uh, a very that was my favorite effect. part of the movie. You know, I I always hate the jokester character and I revel in their death. I think you know, <laughs> so I I was I don't know you know I thought he was kind of a jerk for leaving the zoom meeting like that you know and i guess he didn't have a choice his wife made him uh you know leave the zoom meeting the zoom seance it just seemed like she was being really flirty with him uh, yeah, and it must have been you it. know and it, know. It, it was good like to me i was fine with it It was like okay so you know i kind of felt Haley's frustration where you're trying to do something serious and everybody's joking around well at least i thought that left. was gem gem was the one that like effed it all up for everybody oh yeah no i agree I agree, but you know he was he was all he had created that drinking game and everything, yeah. and uh, I think it was him anyway. Or was it Gemma who decided that that they do? I thought he was the one who said every time she says Astro Plane, we're going to take a drink, and then you know they were busy busy doing that rather than taking a drink when she said Astro Plane and getting her to say Astro Plane rather than you know paying attention to the rules, which are very important that she was which she was uh, speaking about. Yeah. So I, I thought that was um, that was very I, I could really relate to that where you're trying to do something serious and there's a bunch of guys like this jokester Alan joking off and, and not taking it seriously. And <laughs> I really liked that they kind of got what was coming to them at the end of it, you know, because they uh, they had screwed off like this yeah. in, in this serious thing. So, well, um, and that, that I thought that was an interesting thing, too, which which was really quite good i thought was when Gemma made up the story about jack she's talking about um you know i'm hearing the name jack and who was jack you know the 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 median say medium saying who was jack oh it was just a kid in high school that was really nice to me Mm -hmm. um and you know all of a sudden she cuts out like her internet was bad yeah so so the medium is gone and then you know Gemma's like got has her hands in her face and or face in her hands and it's like I was just kidding. Yeah. And this is, you know, that's when Haley got pissed. She's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think horror often has characters like this that are just kind of despicable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, true. It, it lends itself to uh, kind of taking a little enjoyment and watching them uh, meet their demise, I guess. Um, 
and, and I certainly didn't uh, feel too bad for her. Uh, and, and she did. I mean, she basically the premise is that she brought that about. Right. I mean, she well, that's brought what she about explained. It. Yeah. Because yeah. Haley called um, Ceylon, Ceylon yeah. back and said, uh, well, you shouldn't have done that because you're inviting evil spirits. So what we could be doing here is it could be demonic. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so went in and I think that was obviously what happened. They, you know, made contact with a demon of some type here. I kind of, I, I mean, some the other kills like uh, Emma, the fact that she's walking around her house and she, you know, she has all those filters on her phone or laptop, whatever she's <laughs> using. Yeah. Like she's doing the, uh, the lizard, lizard tongue, tongue yeah. thing. But did you not love that scene where something's just standing in the middle of the yes. room with just the it face, like the a face. face swap thing? Yeah, that was actually a really good scene too. So there's a filter that only works on faces. Yeah. And I think at this point, they've already established that sometimes things are able to be seen by the people in the room that aren't being picked up on camera. Yeah. Right. Yep. And uh, yeah, so there's a floating like basically it's the uh, uh, tragic comedy mask thing. Yeah, that's what it looked yeah, like. It was like a combination. You, of both you know what of it looked like? Have you ever seen um, uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man with Chevy Chase? It was a John Carpenter movie. OK. Um, no, I don't, but I don't but Daryl Hannah, like when. Chevy Chase becomes invisible, does the same kind of face, like just puts makeup on. Okay. He's a male, but like makeup on the face, like a woman would use like foundation and stuff like that. That's exactly what that looked like. Okay. Maybe it was an homage to that. It could have been. Maybe um, that's what it, maybe that's what it was. I kind of love the way she was like, she was like instantaneous grabbing flour and spreading it all over yeah. to, to see the footsteps. And then sure as hell, step, step, step. And you're like, oh damn, that was awesome. Again, that came from paranormal activity, though. Well, it did, though. But, but I mean, it was still, again, it's a trope, but it was still effective. And, and in I thought movie. paranormal activity, I liked that. Like, this was, that was human feet. I liked the uh, weird lizard feet that it had in uh, paranormal activity. Yeah. yeah better. It didn't but, seem demonic. I, it didn't. It just seemed like a guy that was barefoot that was walking. Yeah. Through, and the way they did that. Yeah, he had um, some very large feet. I mean, it looked like size 15, maybe. Yeah, but, but. They, she also, there was another one where she takes her blanket, her comfort blanket, and throws it, and then covers, it's like, the ghost yeah <laughs> it was that, like yeah yeah that actually that was that was great that was a good scene too i really liked when she threw that on there that was a great effect and very very creepy mm -hmm. so i i agree there were there were some de some good moments and you know what that that i don't know that's kind of an original idea i, I liked that one when, well when it's taking the that. old uh, uh a ghost with a mm -hmm. with with the sheet on it yeah. You know, it takes that the the oldest trope in the book. You know, ghosts are supposed to look like this Scooby Doo. Woo! And, yeah, and she it, throws the blanket over it, and there it is. It was scary. Yeah, it was, it was. a scary scene. I mean, when 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 that falls on that whatever is standing there, and you can see that it has like a it's kind of a human form or whatever. That that was a scary scene. Well, I, and I loved Redina's well Redina scene too because she's she lives with her husband. Um, you know, he's yeah, making noise. Right. He's like cutting everything, which I thought was kind of funny. You know, he's back there making noise, like cutting something. And she puts it on pot or mute. She goes over there. She chews him out. He leaves. She she finds his phone and and and, you know, she pushes mute again and trying to call her, his brother, I guess. Mm hmm. But then all of a sudden, you see him drop from the ceiling. Oh, from the ceiling, yeah. That was, yeah, that I was, was like, dude, that, that was, was another, awesome. That was another very well set up, good jump scare in this movie. Yeah, you didn't know where he was. Scene. He just dropped right. from the ceiling. 
Yeah, I, I, again, I, I mean, uh, Rob Savage, it, I, I, I have to say that he is a good director here. He, he really sets up these jump scares well. He knows how to direct a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this movie is well edited, very well directed, and, you know, maybe I shouldn't have such a problem with the fact that these ideas aren't groundbreaking and new. You're right. I mean, not every every movie can be the lighthouse. We can't ask for that. No. Uh, and, you know, maybe as a, as a horror, <laughs> horror aficionado, I should just enjoy it instead of trying to uh, pick it apart like this. I but. think what it is, Andy, and I, I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it just seems to me that, you know, maybe... Maybe it's just time to give these found footage, you know, tech horrors a rest. Uh, maybe that's what it is. I, I don't, and I don't even know if that's the case. I don't, I don't think so because this is an enjoyable movie. I think that was. I didn't want to like it though, <laughs> because I want to find things to not like about this because it it like encapsulates some sort of thing that I don't think is, uh, I don't know, um, beneficial to the horror genre. I guess, but. It's an enjoyable movie, yeah. and and like 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, you can't really. Uh, I mean, argue I know that. I, I, I'm sure. I I will guarantee your score is not going to reflect that. Yeah, I, I don't even think it'll reflect no. what what the audience thought about it. But no, but to but. me, it's it's we're going to remember this. You're not going to remember it like you do with Paranormal Activity. No, you know, and we have to do the comparisons because it Absolutely. is a found footage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are going to remember this movie, and and to me, it doesn't sound like you hated anything about it at all. I know that, I don't, that I, the fact I, that it is a tech horror. I don't hate the. I don't hate this movie. I, I hate, I guess, certain aspects that surround the movie. That certain ideas that I have about horror and what's good in horror are like not encapsulated in this movie you know but why 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 should i not just enjoy the movie despite that i don't know I, I, but what I've, don't you like the, what are you saying though okay so what i'm saying is you know i don't want to see rehashed stuff of you know 20 20 times we've seen the same thing coming out of uh you know hollywood every time we talk about like these uh reboots and stuff we groan because there's nothing original about it mm-hmm. and we all, as horror uh as horror fans we often bemoan the fact that there isn't any originality and you know that's why we really laud movies like the lighthouse and uh and you know ari aster's films because they're very different from anything else we've seen and they are groundbreaking and and, and you know that's what I think I want to see on on film. But maybe I should just shut the hell up and enjoy myself rather than trying to uh, elevate this to some high art. And maybe like sitting here talking about this with you and looking at movies in a little different way rather than just trying to enjoy them mm-hmm. has made me this way. I, d- I don't know. But um, you know, it, it, I just I didn't want to like the movie. But yeah, it's an enjoyable movie that I think a lot of people will enjoy. And obviously a lot of people did enjoy. Yeah. Well, and and again, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you said it's been done before, the rehash or whatever of flour being put on the floor. And you see the footsteps go through it of something paranormal. Right. 
But is that any different than any slasher movie where, you know, the uh, teenagers are having sex and then shortly thereafter, the slasher is going to kill them because they broke one of the rules, the tropes no. of, of a slasher movie? No, and I really enjoy those. So I don't know what my problem is. Here. Well, and and just... maybe maybe it's just taste. I mean, to me, I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying and it's so valid and I, I understand what you are saying about it. But it's it's like, OK, but. You just said it was effective, too. You, you got a jump scare from there's it. There's lots to like. In this, and there's lots well done in this movie. Rob Savage is a great director. He is. I, I think he's a really good director. He's got uh, a deal with uh, Blumhouse to produce three movies. I'm excited about them, actually, because... I'd watch it. I'd I, watch I what think, he does. I think he does it. He's, does, he really has a lot of promise as a horror director here. There just aren't uh, any... Every time I saw an idea, I was like... That, came from a different movie I just kind of rolled my eyes and I think maybe that's because I'm instead of just trying to enjoy the movies I'm trying to you know be critical of them for this podcast that's our double-edged sword dude I mean we do get to enjoy horror movies but we got to look at it through a different lens and it kind of sucks sometimes because maybe we're losing you know you don't see the forest through the trees I I hate I hate that (laughs) saying but I mean you get maybe that's what it is if I if I had uh, rented this in high school with a bunch of my friends and we'd 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 had a great time this is this movie is is a is a good time. It'd be fun. It really is. You know, um, it's got a lot of great jump scares. The you know your girlfriend would have jumped into your arms and stuff. It'd been a lot of fun with uh, watching a group like that. Back, I, I think it's like for me personally. I think it's a really good addition. God, I mean, it's, I guess it is just tech. Let's call it tech horror because I keep going it's in tech between. Horror, yeah, I yeah. I think it's a great addition. To, to this subgenre, mm-hmm. I mean, I really do. Andy, it's only fifty-seven minutes long. I really like that about it. You How know? good was that? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just like like short movies. Yeah, and, and you know, I know, uh, and I'm the same way. It's like usually, you know, within thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, you know, I just need a break, go get some water, go get something right. to eat, or whatever. Well, but, I thought it was very clever that they, you know, that there's a reason it's only that long because that's the length of a free Zoom call. That's but that's that was the explanation. That was really clever. I did yeah, think it, that it was just clever. ended like that. I mean, yeah. basically the the two surviving Gemma and uh, Haley are the two sole survivors, mm-hmm. and she's got that Polaroid camera. She's taking these flash shots, and then one second left, last flash, boom! There's the there's the demon in your face, and mm-hmm. you know, cut to zoom contact credits. <laughs> right. Yeah, which I thought was clever too. That was that was kind of funny. Uh, so. Did we miss anything? We're at forty minutes, man. We're talking about it longer than the yeah, almost movie as long as the movie is going. Yeah. No, I I, I don't think so. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a it's a well done horror film. This this Rob, Rob Savage is a good director. I got to say that. The acting was was good. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I can give my thoughts on it, my end thoughts. That's fine. My yeah. rating is it good, bad? Yeah, it's a good movie. Or it's a score. good movie. I don't like saying this was good because it confirms that you know we as like I said we as horror film films are like actually like and readily consume all the things that I whine about as far as being a horror being an unoriginal. But you know, in thinking about this, would I go see a movie like this starring Michael Myers, which would be a reboot of Halloween set in tech horror movie? Uh, it sounds awful, uh, as awful as the COVID lockdown. But yeah, I probably would go see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, would I would I roll my eyes about them making a movie like that? Yeah. 
Probably. But maybe, you know, so maybe I should just stop complaining about it. And if reboots and rehashes are done well, which this is, this mm-hmm. is very well done, uh, then I should just accept that I'm going to watch and enjoy them. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's a, like a hipster notion, I guess. Uh, you, you ever see that movie with, uh, uh, I don't know, um, they, This is the End or whatever, where, where they're like, uh, are you a hipster? Do you hate the like movies everybody else likes? And he's like, yeah. You know, they're like, did you hate Forrest Gump? And he's like, yeah, I hated Forrest Gump. And he's like, yeah, then you're a hipster. Well, maybe I'm a bit of a hipster to come down on a film that, you know, you actually, that I actually enjoyed because of some kind of idealism I had. But uh, I guess maybe that makes me a hipster. But this, like you said, this has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So if I hate it, I think maybe that automatically makes me a hipster. I don't know. So aside from my, like, idealistic discontent with the movie, this is an enjoyable movie. And this would be a great movie to watch with, you know, people who are not hardened horror fans. Uh, at, at like a, a movie night or something jump scares really set up well they are gr- well done and that's a mark of a great director I yeah. think the effects and makeups were, were really well done so I may give this like one star for originality, but I think I have to give it three for execution, enjoyability, and watchability. I mean, if you if you already have Shutter, this is free on it. You should give it a watch because it's it's an enjoyable movie and uh, it's not gonna take a lot of just time. Put away your pretense, your, you know, all this pretense about you know horror and movie, and you'll you'll have a good time with this film. I, Andy, and like I keep telling you, man, I, I think your criticism is absolutely fair. I mean, it really is, is that, you know, it's like somebody's making you like it, but you actually do like it. And I hate that you're making me like it and liking it, you know, and that's fair. I mean, I hate that I like the movie, but I like the movie. But but you're you're right. There are also some things that are not original in this movie. Sure. I think this movie is not a classic at all. This movie's really good. This movie to me could be my favorite of 2020. Okay. Because it's short. Um, I'm going to remember this movie a long time. I mean, even more so than The Invisible Man. You know how much praise we gave that movie. That, that was a great movie. I, enjoyed um, I just, I, I, I connected with it on some level. You know, I kind of love the fact that they didn't shy away from being a pandemic and that they, this is the only way they can communicate. Um, I love that. And, and like you said, man, this Rob Savage guy has got something. You know, I would love to see what he does next. Yeah, you know, great, am, great am I going to give him free pass like like Jordan Peele? You know, because Get Out was so was so brilliant, and you know, Us was just to me just as good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'll be a little hesitant. You know, a little leery about going. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'll go see anything Rob Savage does. But to me, this is a wonderful start. Yeah, I, I think he's got. He shows some great promise as a horror director here. He really does, and. Uh, you know that yeah whatever whatever i have to say about the originality of it um and you know jordan peele is another good example of of someone that just is bringing out amazing original horror movies stuff that you've never seen before and it's all original ideas but but only reason why i do the comparison is just because you don't know and yeah obviously you know jordan's yeah also you know well and not to say because rob savage is a writer on this he he mm -hmm. co-wrote this the screenplay right but Jordan Peele just took it to a whole new new level of originality. To me, he, yes, that this Rob Savage guy took the idea of of tech horror 
and just kind of elevated it within 57 you, minutes. You know, what? maybe he's like time. the he's like the apple of uh, tech horror. Maybe, you know, <laughs> like they didn't come up with a lot of these ideas. They didn't make the first uh, tiny music player, but they made the, a great tiny music player. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, that's exactly right. Yeah. I, and that's what it is. I mean, that's why it's never going to be a classic, but I'm always going to remember it. I, I, I love yeah. the fact that it doesn't shy away from us being in a pandemic no. that we're all experiencing this you know the fact that all the actors and actresses are you know seem like they're really close friends and you know they have the same kind of relationships that any friend would have was was so good to me so i'm gonna say this is a really good movie and i'm gonna give it four okay wow so there you go <laughs> all right host uh coming up next week we are kicking off santa slaves month our second one Second anniversary of Santa mm-hmm. Slays. We're going to be talking about the gem that is Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, Garbage Day. We're going to be joined by special guest Soju from Straight Chillin' Podcast. We're going to follow that up the next week by a Christmas horror story, which we meant to do last year. Yeah, that's right. Because it's an anthology. You said it was a, a pretty fun watch, right? Oh, we yeah. It's, doing it's, Krampus uh, or something. No, uh, yeah, we, we did Krampus or something. Yeah, we did Krampus because, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, that, that is a fun watch. And, and I think it's got probably the greatest Krampus uh, effect in it uh, of all time. And so it's a good Krampus suit. I am looking so forward I, I to really that. I really enjoyed that one. Um, you want to talk about an unoriginal movie? How about uh, uh, Silent Night, Deadline Night 2, where <laughs> half the movie is, uh, you know, from the first movie? That's. <laughs> I actually watched it uh, this past weekend. Really? <laughs> yeah, you don't need to watch. Joe Bob, one, watch the Joe. The second one? I, I suggest watching the Joe Bob well, maybe I'll commentary do that since I've seen because it you'll have times. you'll you'll get more enjoyment yeah, out of I'll it. I'll do that. That seems like a good way to watch it. Um, so I, I, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. Uh, it is Thanksgiving. Um, this is the first time I'm going to cuss on this podcast. It's been a shit year, um, but there are lots to be thankful for. Our friends in the horror community. You know, I appreciate them. I appreciate it being a part of it. I appreciate my family. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my job. But first and foremost, I am thankful for my co-host, Andy Gilly. We've been doing this for almost two years. We're coming up on episode 100 really soon. So, buddy, I do appreciate it. Let's keep it going for another however many years we can. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you as well. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Go follow us on all of our social medias, and we'll talk to you next week.